Dissecting Dexter is brought to you by Audible.com. For your free audiobook download and free trial, go to www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter. Hi everyone, welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. It's been a bloody long time, hasn't it? And there are various reasons for that. <laughs> yes, it's me, in case you'd forgotten. It's Gareth Watkins, your host. Uh, coming to you, almost as always, from the heart of rural North Yorkshire, England, where I'm currently residing in the mobile studio. And it's a bit bloody cold out there. It's mid-December. Uh, what is it today? The 19th of December, as I record this intro. Christmas is less than a week away. And, uh, you know, we're all geared up for it, looking forward to it. It's It's been a funny old build-up, although at home we've been all very excited and, you know, the kids are full of it, as you can imagine. At work, it's just been absolutely manic, absolutely manic. And I I, I thank the gods that, <laughs> that the final season of Dexter aired through the summer, because I tell you, if it had aired from September through December, I wouldn't have been able to podcast about it. It, it's it's been that busy um I, I put on facebook oh probably a week or so ago and on there i said i was starting prep for the finale feedback podcast and uh, on that particular morning i got as far as collating all your emails um in into one notepad file and downloading all your voicemails into one folder on my laptop that's as far as i got <laughs> and i kind of skip read through um a, a few emails that's as far as i got uh, completely failed to record since then but the thought was there and I'm not going to be able to go through everything today either as pressed for time as I am uh, what I'm going to do I'm going to split this up into two podcasts I'm going to record one half of the feedback today and uh, the rest of it after Christmas but I was determined to get something out of, out there uh, for you guys to listen to before Christmas because I thought well something surely is better than nothing so as I say it's it's been Weeks, months since I last spoke to you, since I did that uh, open call, open Skype call with uh, with various guests. And um, I should say thank you uh, to everybody who contributed to that. It was great to uh, obviously having some old faces on there, some old voices, and, and also speak to some new listeners who, who I'd not interacted with before at all. Uh, and also some long-time contributors uh, who have been regular emailers and, and regular voicemailers who I've just never spoken to directly before so um it was a great experience and i I really enjoyed doing it and it would be nice to do one again sometime maybe um i don't i'm not going to speculate <laughs> because when i make uh when i make promises to get content out there i um my form of late has not been great i was hoping to get the feedback podcast and the top five moments of season eight podcast out there within two or three weeks of uh the finale and well as you know it's december now and i just completely failed um partly i blame work commitments um and in my spare time out of work i'm i'm wrapped up in the family and i just don't get time to um to record really uh the other factor and this was a biggie is that i was lacking in any kind of motivation to podcast about dexter um I, I wouldn't say so much that I was burnt out because through season eight, I did get two weeks off, which um, our friend Travis very ably stepped in and um, and, and kept things going. Uh, and of course, the finale podcast, uh, I, I didn't speak as much as, as my guests did. Um, so I can't say I was burnt out from just being busy on podcasting, but I was I was demoralized. I was demotivated. And I'm just thinking as, as, as I'm, I'm hesitating here because I'm, I'm thinking how much of that was down to the lacklustre final season and the general disappointment with how things concluded. There is that and there's also the fact that I was spoiled. And again, I hesitate because, you know, there are a couple of pricks out there who thought it would be funny to... Not just spoil me, but spoil you guys as well. 
not the broader audience, but those of you who um, frequent the uh, the Facebook page and also um, some of you who follow me on Twitter. Um, and part of me thinks, why should I give them any kind of publicity at all? But um, I don't know. <laughs> also, looking through your emails, a lot of you have asked um, to what degree I was spoiled, if the spoilers that I was shown... Um, Pan, if they turned out to be accurate, uh, and, and generally whether my enjoyment of the finale was um, tarnished by what I saw. And as I talked about earlier in the season, see, I'm going to do it <laughs> and address this, because um, you're all, a lot of you are wondering, of course. Um, halfway through the season, I got sent an email that set off um, speculating about what might happen at the end of the season and as I, I i read that and then scrolled down and and glimpsed and just glimpsed one photo um i immediately realized what it was and clicked off it uh, there were two other photos attached because i've been since the finale i've been i've gone back and looked and actually the the subsequent photos would have been more revealing um but coupling what I saw with what this um, asshole wrote in the email, yes, I'm, I'm going to be swearing quite a bit, so brace yourselves. <laughs> I, I try not to swear too much on the podcast, but um, yeah, to say I was I was angry at uh, one of them more than the other, although both had the same intent. To say I was angry is an understatement. Yeah, two of the the three photos revealed. Had I seen all three, I'd have been in no doubt. Um, as it was. Um, there was some room for doubt. Uh, the original email said something along the lines of, hey, I've got some ideas about how I think the finale will end. Um, Dexter will mercy kill Deb. No, it didn't say mercy kill. It said Deb Dexter will kill Deb and dump her body in the ocean. Uh, there are a couple of more lines, um, and I can't remember what they said, um, and I can't. so I, I can't remember whether they panned out to be true or not. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And as I scrolled down through the message, uh, I just sort of started to see that this first photo. Um, and what I saw was Dexter on the boat in his kill clothes with a green screen in the background, which isn't surprising because obviously they, they don't send Dexter out into the ocean um, and, and superimpose the, uh, uh, the ocean behind him in the sky. And obviously, as we saw in the finale, they, they were um, computer generating the, uh, the storm behind him um and there was someone in plastic and i I clicked off it but thinking about it afterwards i kind of could tell that they were dark haired so i thought maybe it could have been vogel maybe it could have been deb but i I couldn't see any scenario in which dexter would kill deb it just didn't make any sense and as we got nearer the end of the season they were patching things up and getting close again. And I thought, unless there's a, a massive bombshell, a massive sudden turn of events that causes Dexter to turn on Deb, I just couldn't see that happening. Now, obviously, a mercy killing was, was the only way that Dexter was ever likely going to cause the end of, of Deb's life. Uh, although, arguably, he, he didn't cause the end of Deb's life, but kind of... Well, we know how it panned out. I mean, I, I blame Saxon for Deb's death. but So that was what I saw. Uh, I did contact this person on Facebook because, of course, they uh, posted the pictures on the Facebook page, which uh, on that occasion I did intercept pretty quickly, and I hope none of you got spoiled by those. Um, and I contacted them and said, "What you know, what's this, all this about? If you're a listener to the podcast, you, you've obviously gain some enjoyment from what I do you'll appreciate that I work hard on the podcast um, I put a lot of time in over the last few years to do this for the listenership um, I don't get paid for this this is my spare time uh, I do this as, um, as a fan of the show why would you want to spoil me um, and, and other people as well um, right at the end here and um, his reply was, was unremorseful and it said something along the lines of, oh, I just wanted to um, share the love uh, in the same way I got spoiled. So I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like a bit of sour grapes on his part if if someone sent him the photos and spoiled him. 
Uh, I don't know if it was another listener of the podcast. It certainly wasn't me. Um, so why he felt the need to get revenge by spoiling me, I don't know. There was no remorse. In fact, he even stuck in another spoiler in, in his reply, something about um, Hannah's husband that I, I didn't read. So in fact, that didn't it didn't spoil me, but I, I saw the first couple of words and thought, no, I'm not reading that. Nice try, dickhead. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> so that was that. I didn't... Um, further the conversation um and just left it that just banned him from the facebook page and then it sounds like uh he or someone else set up a twitter account and spoiled or tried to spoil a couple of uh listeners on twitter um i think matt in london was um was targeted and um he he wasn't alone uh so i i don't know if that was the same person and then the weekend of the finale, uh, I got a private Facebook message. Uh, someone sent me the photos again. This was someone else. Uh, and they also posted them to the, the, the podcast Facebook page, which unfortunately I didn't see until um, sometime later. Uh, and I one or two of you messaged me and said, um, please uh, um, take a look and, and take these pictures off. Uh, it was the same pictures that I, I got emailed earlier in the series. And looking at the person's Facebook profile, I was utterly dismayed to see that looking at the profile and, and how limited it was, and that they only had one like, that being Dissecting Dexter, um, suggested to me that this person set up a dummy Facebook account purely, purely to spoil me and you guys. Which just blew my mind that someone would go to that effort just to do that. And would you believe that they even sent me a friend request to my uh, personal Facebook account? Would you believe it? The audacity. I just, I was just staggered. And they even tried to engage me, asking um, uh, whether whether the pictures spoiled me or not, whether they spoiled my enjoyment of the finale. Um, I mean, my initial reaction to him was, don't you think I saw these weeks ago? <laughs> You're a bit late. Um Anyway, that, that's as much as I'm going to say about that, uh, or about those individuals, except that I'm sure all of you will join me in a big, hearty, united, dissecting Dexter fuck you to the trolls who uh, thought it would be a lovely idea to spoil me and the rest of you, uh, spoil this show that we've loved and enjoyed for so long. So, yeah, thanks guys. Screw you and the horse you rode in on. So... Bringing it back around, yes, I was spoiled for the finale, and um, I'm not going to try and cover it up. It did tarnish my enjoyment of the finale. How I would have felt about it had I not been spoiled, I really can't say, because I can't... My, my reaction was um, almost artificial, because as the episode progressed, I could see where it was going. And I thought, oh, that's how it's going to happen, then he's going to mercy kill Deb, and that's where those photos come from uh so i had that in mind throughout and it did it did tarnish it and i'm i'm gutted about it to be honest um you know right at the 11th hour and and this show that i've loved so much that i've devoted hours and hours to podcasting about it i mean i've harped on about this particular subject for best part of 10 minutes now um so sorry if I, if i'm boring you guys but a lot of you did ask uh, about my reaction to the spoilers and, and whether they did spoil me and, and what exactly the spoilers were so that was it uh so there was that element to it as well uh so my experience of the finale was <sighs> spoiled <laughs> i was trying to think of another word i think and i did say earlier in the season that whatever they do in the finale even if they they, they pull um a massive twist or even if the finale was quite simply brilliant um i didn't feel that it could save what was a very average season uh maybe even less so in some parts which is a shame after it set off quite well there was a lot of tension um, it seemed like all bets were off. Uh, we, we didn't know where it was going to go. There were some storylines that were providing genuine intrigue. Uh, and it just went off the rails. Yeah, that, that's about all I can say about it at the moment. Let's 
have a look at some of the um, little bits and pieces that have come out of the woodwork since the finale aired. One of the most interesting was a Reddit chat that former showrunner Clyde Phillips did. Um, <clears throat> and he shared his thoughts about how Dexter has been as a series since he left the show at the end of season four with that audacious uh, shock. And he pretty much agreed, although he didn't put it in so many words, that the show has sucked since he left. And he also talked about how what he envisaged for the ending of the show. And it was more of a final scene, his idea of what... Well, he did pitch it as, as what would be his vision of, of the final scene of the show. And I'm quoting him here. He says, I haven't shared this with anyone, and I can tell you that this is what I personally would have done had I stayed with the show. I chose not to stay with the show, and so everybody did what they did, and I had no problem with that. And I think they did a good job with the final episode, but here is what I personally would have pitched. In the very last scene of the series, Dexter wakes up, and everybody's going to think, oh, it was a dream. And then the camera pulls back, and back, and back, and we realise, no, it's not a dream. Dexter's opening his eyes, and he's on the execution table at the Florida Penitentiary. They're just starting to administer the drugs, and he looks out through the window to the observation gallery. And in the gallery are all the people that Dexter killed, including Trinity, the ice truck killer, LaGuerta, who he, who he was responsible for the death of, Dokes, who he's arguably responsible for, Rita, who he's arguably responsible for, Lila, all the big deaths, and also whoever the weekly episodic kills were. They were all there. That's what I envisioned for the ending of Dexter, that everything we've seen over the past eight seasons has happened in the several seconds from the time they start Dexter's execution to the time they finish the execution and he dies. Literally, his life flashed before his eyes as he was about to die. I think it would have been a great, epic, very satisfying conclusion. Now, that's fascinating. Um... I don't know what they would have done in the, the final season leading up to that, but that would have been a very impactful um, and slightly nostalgic final scene to the uh, to the series, um, to have all these former, uh, these old characters reappear, um, and how ironic that they're there to watch Dexter die. Um, that would have, that would have been quite poetic, very impactful. Also, regarding the final season and how they finished it, and the fact that Dexter survived at the end, producer John Goldwyn uh, said in an interview that Showtime wouldn't let the producers kill Dexter. Showtime was very clear about that. Goldwyn says, when we told them the arc for the final season, they just said, just to be clear, he's going to live. There were a lot of endings discussed because it was a very interesting problem to solve, to bring it to a close. Now, ScreenRant.com, in an article, said, Though it's possible that Goldwyn wanted to conclude the series with the death of Dexter and was denied the option, executive producer Sarah Colleton told TV Line that Dexter's death was never in the cards because it wouldn't have been, quote, a fitting enough punishment for him, so perhaps the point was moot. And indeed, the fact that dying would have been a bit too much of an easy out for Dexter um, it was something that Scott Buck has said that a self-imposed punishment was perhaps a lot more poetic and <clears throat> I kind of agree I kind of agree with that and how this how the series finished with Dexter cutting himself off recognizing that he hurts everybody he's close to everybody he cares about and thinking well the only the only way I can do this is to just take myself out of the equation. Um, obviously, he faked his own death. I mean, maybe, as he initially drove off into the uh, into the storm and disappeared, maybe he was initially thinking that he'd kill himself. But maybe, in his head, he thought, no, I need to... There needs to be some atonement here. I need to suffer for my sins, and, and went into exile. Uh, despite... The mostly negative reviews of the season, viewer ratings were the highest for any Dexter season, with a weekly average of 6.4 million across all platforms. The finale itself was Showtime's highest rated telecast ever, and the largest viewership for an original episode in Showtime history, so pretty sex, uh, sex, <laughs> sorry about that, pretty successful commercially uh, as a season, not just as a finale, so um, 
Showtime must be happy, <laughs> even if most of the audience aren't. And I have to make an apology to the hosts of the Two Guys Talking Dexter podcast, Mike Wilkerson and Scott Roberts, who have invited me on more than one occasion onto their podcast and, and for one reason or another <laughs> I've just not been able to um not been able to do it and I, I did honestly have every intention of joining them for a post finale podcast after season eight. Um and, and I made a reasonably firm commitment. But as I say, through these issues I've had with not just being busy but my lack of motivation to talk about Dexter I've I've just not been able to gear myself up to it so Mike and Scott if you're listening please accept my apologies that it hasn't happened it's um it's not calculated it's just it's just the sort of mindset that I've been in about the show it would still be nice to talk to you at some point I just can't guarantee when it could be we're going to dig into your feedback now um there is quite a lot of it, and a lot of you saying similar things, but I'm I'm going to read through it and, and comment here and there as we go along. Um, and as I say, this is part one. Part two will, will be along after Christmas. Listener Feedback. First off, an email from Jacob Newman, who says, Just finished watching the final episode, and I'm still digesting it. It was a good episode, and I think a good ending to the series. I understand why Dexter sacrificed his chance for happiness with Harrison and Hannah in Buenos Aires, and started a new life. Maybe, after he's done grieving for Deb, he will try to reunite with Hannah and Harrison in Argentina. I was happy with his decision to kill Vogel in front of the camera. He knew he would get away with it and that Quinn and Batista would let him go. Either that, or he did not care. It all comes with being human, and having feelings. I thought it was poetic justice that the last person he dumped in the water from the slice of life was Deborah. Very sorry to see her die, but it was necessary to see the effect that her death would have on Dexter. Looking forward to your last two podcasts, I hope, just as you do, that there will not be an outpouring of negativity and disappointment. Even though the season and possibly the ending did not live up to our, our high expectations, I think that the writers did the best they could and had a destination in mind. It was only a TV show and a very, very good one. A better ending than The Sopranos. Thanks, Jacob. Interesting you mentioned The Sopranos because that too was a finale that um, really divided the audience and left, I think, everybody <laughs> with the credits roll thinking, what? <laughs> um, obviously no spoilers for The Sopranos. Unfortunately, despite your fears, um, there was, of course, a massive outpouring of negativity and disappointment about the finale and the final season in general, and indeed, arguably, most of the show since the end of season four. You mentioned that you think the writers did the best they could and had a destination in mind. I'm sure they did. And um, like I've, I said more than once through this season... I don't believe that the writers had any intention of screwing the show up at the end. Any disappointment we've had, and there's certainly been a lot of it, it's not deliberate by the writers, I'm, I'm sure. Um, no way would they want to screw things up. I think they maybe misjudged what the viewers wanted. Um, they certainly misjudged some of, the <laughs> some of the writing, some of the creativity this season some of the character arcs. I think they probably did believe that they were doing the best they could. And this was the story that, collectively, they decided to tell. You can argue about the pros and cons of um, writing a show by committee, which, of course, this show is, essentially, where you've got a writer's room, a, a busy writer's room. Although, as we've seen recently with another well-known show that finished around the same time as Dexter, that, too, is written by... Um, a group of writers who break down the season in a, in a writer's room and then episodes are assigned to individual individual writers which then get passed back through the showrunner and the producers and so on. Uh, the Breaking Bad, that is. So it's not a hard and fast rule that, that writing by quote-unquote committee is a bad thing. Maybe we just didn't have the quality of writers that the final season needed. Maybe. 
Well, that said, of course, a lot of the writers on, on board and certainly the producers have been there since the early days. So is there any excuse? OK, thanks, Jacob. Moving on to an email from Steph Babin. She says, well, Gareth, it's over. The finale we've been waiting eight years for has happened. I've been online, I've seen the reactions, and I, like most people, did not leave the finale with a warm, fuzzy feeling. A feeling of impact or a feeling of closure. If you want a good read, head over to avclub.com and read their review of Monkey in a Box. They gave it an F, something they've never done with Dexter before. Unlike the preceding few episodes, I was actually intrigued during this one. Even though I had a feeling Deb wouldn't make it, I cried during the Deb-Dex scenes with her death. I understand why Dexter took Deb off life support. She was going to end up brain dead. She wouldn't have wanted to live like that. I get that he took her to sea to bury her, where he took his family a few episodes before. Even though that decision makes no sense to most of us, it made sense to him. I agree with you, Steph. I mentioned in the uh, finale group call, in, in the roundtable podcast, that I did feel some emotional impact from that scene with... <coughs> excuse me, it's my throat again <coughs> with Deb and Dex in the hospital and Dex turning off the life support that did have an impact on me um, thinking back to their relationship over the seasons and how their relationship is what I've been most invested in uh, certainly through the these recent seasons um, in the early days it was first and foremost Dexter's character arc but the the relationship with his sister became more and more important to me as a viewer and as a fan of the show. So that did hit me, and I did have um, a little bit of a lump in my throat, and, and there was a, a slight dampening in my eyes, shall we say. <laughs> and it was poetic, Dexter dumping Deb in the sea, and of course we saw his eyes watering up, which were the first ever Dexter tears that we've seen, and that too had an impact. <laughs> unfortunately the the scene that preceded that with him just walking her out of the the hospital was so ludicrous uh, and and the the notion that there would have been cctv so even after his disappearance they would have looked back at the cctv and and seen him walking out with deb uh, it it would have it would have come out i'm sure at least a chunk of the story of what happened so that did take away a little bit from uh, that scene on the boat, but the scene in the hospital did affect me. It, it was um, it was nicely done, played without any music in the background, which um, which added to the um, added to the uh, the effect, shall we say? Struggling to find the right word there. Uh, back to your email, Steph. She says, "What what I don't understand is why they didn't end the episode after he drove off into the hurricane. Why did they have to end it with that godforsaken lumberjack scene? I'd rather have had it end with him appearing to sacrifice himself because he hurts everyone he loves. They should have had Deb die and go, and him go into the storm. Then the end. That last scene killed the emotional impact they had just created with Deb's death and its aftermath. I'll interject." again here um i get what they were doing with that lumberjack scene I, I i know it's something that did turn off a lot of people um <clears throat> it didn't bother me because i did my initial reaction was i love it that he's still out there whether he's still killing or not is left ambiguous and i don't mind that in my mind it's the self-imposed punishment, the self-imposed exile. And he's prepared to suffer for his sins. His heart's been ripped out more than once, uh, but never more than with Deb. And how hard was it to, for him to see, uh, to, to cut himself loose from his son and the love of his life? You know, whether we as viewers bought into Hannah or not, within the show, Hannah was... Um, Dexter's, dare I say, soulmate. This is what the writers intended, whether we bought into her as a character or whether we liked her or not. So I think that situation that he put himself in there, uh, ironically, amongst the sounds of chainsaws, which of course is where it all began, I found that poetic. I found it fitting. I found it appropriate. Had he just driven off into the hurricane and we never saw him again that would have been ambiguous and left us to think 
Maybe we would have theorised that he was going to fake his own death. Maybe we would have just thought, well, that's it. He sacrificed himself. Uh, but of course, remember that now we know Showtime didn't want them to kill Dexter um, and, and to leave it open. And maybe him just driving off into the hurricane would have it would have been open, wouldn't it? Because unless we saw his his uh, his corpse, uh, there might still be a possibility. Anyway, I go back to Steph's email again. She says, I hate to get super nitpicky, but as someone who lives in an area that actually goes through hurricanes, I had to suspend my disbelief regarding Hurricane Laura. There is simply no way he could have driven his boat into that hurricane and lived through it. And if they had had to tack something onto the end, could they have done something with Batista and Quinn, showing they knew about him the whole time, or showing them discovering his secrets, anything other than what they did? I feel the viewers would have been more accepting of the ambiguity of him driving off into the hurricane. On a positive note, I did like the scene with Batista, Quinn and Dexter. You could tell there was an understanding in that room. It was good. But let's revisit the fact that Masuka's storyline really was completely pointless. Matthews, Angie Miller, Jamie, Elway and Batista really amounted to nothing and Harrison's new mummy is a former prisoner. Also, Dokes' name was never cleared and Miami Metro never discovered a thing. This bothers me more than anything else. I think viewers were banking on the ability of Dexter being able to stick the landing, as it usually does. In my opinion, as I stated a few weeks ago, a phenomenal ending wasn't going to redeem a season full of mediocrity, full of storylines and plot holes. But I'd be more forgiving if the ending had been solid. Yes, Dexter got away with everything, but no one found out a thing. This inability to commit, in my opinion, was a huge slap in the face. Not only did the writers not have anyone in Miami Metro find out a single thing, they just sent Dexter into the woods and left it up to us to determine what the heck he was doing out there. Is he killing animals? People? Did he give up killing for chopping trees? Is it just a cop-out in a series that had such opportunity for a clear-cut, fantastic ending? In my previous email, I had said I was re-watching my DVDs, starting with season one, so I could remember how the series used to be. I'm now frozen. I don't know if I can continue re-watching, knowing it ends the way it does. I've cancelled Showtime and will never watch anything run by Scott Buck again. When he took the show over, things went haywire. He and the writers ended a fantastic series with a fizzle. I'm gutted. Thanks, Steph. Some strong words there, but a very well-reasoned argument. I don't know about Scott Buck in the future. I mean, he, he did do some good stuff on Six Feet Under in the past, so his track record isn't exactly a, a tissue of turds. You know, he's he has... He has got some um, some bright sparks <laughs> on his, his his resume, on his CV. Whether things went haywire when he took over, I would argue against, because the show spun its wheels, or started spinning its wheels, that first season after Clive Phillips left, and we had Chip Johansson in charge for season five, and of course he lasted one season. And Scott Buck was able to steady the ship a bit with season seven. I mean, they... they trod water again for season six as we've talked about and then were able to produce that game changer at the end of season six which set up for a, a decent season seven i think and then of course well season eight could have been phenomenal and well <laughs> we've said it haven't we your thoughts about the fact that miami metro never found out a thing the knowledge of dexter may have died with deb there was that scene that you mentioned there that for me was one of the best scenes of the finale uh, and a definite highlight of the finale in fact a highlight of the season for me and that was the scene after Dexter kills Saxon which was a good scene in itself when he's there sat in the corner of the room while Batista and Quinn watch the CCTV of Dexter stabbing this guy in the neck with a pen <laughs> it was there was some amusement to be had there but best of all I mean there was disbelief on Batista's face and, and some shock but on Quinn's I loved his expression turning to look at Dexter there was approval understanding lest we forget that Quinn and Deb had recently rekindled their romance which we could argue was another low point of the season um <laughs> whether it i mean that scene where they they had their kissy kissy was was definitely um vomit inducing but as a couple of as a pair of characters we can understand their attraction to each other so that was okay 
so from Quinn's point of view, Dexter is Deb's brother. And regardless of his suspicions from previous seasons, I think he could empathise with Dexter's desire for vengeance on Saxon. And I think he um, may well have wanted to deep down meet out his own type of justice himself, caring about Deb as he does. So I, I think he was looking at Dexter with some approval. Now, of course, afterwards, whether he started to think about things and, and thinking back to his own suspicions and the evidence that he gathered, putting things together, thinking maybe there's more to it. I don't know. I quite like to think that he would, but kind of keep it to himself. OK, so um, let's get on to another email now. Thanks, Steph, who does actually write in again and we'll, and we'll get to her second email. Pascal in Switzerland, uh, thanks for your email. You are the first contributor to the show from Switzerland uh, and you're very welcome. She says, or is it a he? Oh, God, I, I, I do apologise. Let me just say, Pascal in Switzerland writes, I've been thinking a bit about the series finale of Dexter and God almighty, this thing doesn't make this doesn't make sense in the least. Let's just make up a scenario which might happen just like this in the real world, shall we? Let's just imagine Rita's parents, Batista, Quinn, Masuka, or, hell, why not the woman who got Quinn's promotion, decide to ring up Dexter after they've heard about the monster storm, devastating Miami, or live through it by themselves and getting no response. Just like with Deb's phone line, Deb's disappearance would probably be investigated by now. Anyway, and out of an educated guess, there might be a video recording or two of her vanishing in not-so-thin air because... She has happened to happened to disappear in a hospital. What are we seeing on this recording? Oh, it's Dexter, the same guy whose son disappeared right along with him. How long would it take for local and national news to pick this story up? Two adults missing isn't filling any newspapers for long, but a child? Yeah, that's prime news, prime time news for you, and I bet someone might ask the airport personnel if a child matching Harrison might have been seen during the time frame of Deb and Dexter's disappearance. Ever read something about the kidnapping of Madeleine McCann a few years ago in Portugal? Take this times ten, because now Miami police might finally recognise a certain blonde woman boarding a plane right alongside the missing child. Oh, how you ask. Maybe from the cameras which are filming every possible inch of any given airport. Now we're up to three missing adults, one of them a fugitive, and a child, and the plot thickens. Although I want to bring up just one more point. After this whole mess gets national TV to cover it, Dexter's face would be known by pretty much everyone not living in the deepest woods themselves, and if Dexter didn't build his little cabin in the woods by himself, he would have had to have interacted with someone before he went there. If he isn't wholly self-sustaining, he'd have to buy groceries, he'll be in need of fresh clothes, maybe he needs to fill his car's gas tank, and some of the people would recognise this rather distinctive-looking buff redhead. At least in the real world. But our little show here left this place a long time ago, it seems. It's just it's just sad to see how this show's last season got butchered and how Dexter didn't get a more intense send-off instead of this mess riddled with plot, plot holes big enough for certain small countries to disappear in. There are way too many plot holes and Scott Buck's interview with Entertainment Weekly and how he just flat-out refuses to answer questions about how, as an example, Dexter survived the storm itself makes this whole situation even worse oh well gotta catch up on breaking bad now cheers from switzerland and thanks for doing this podcast through the years pascal actually i think pascal is a is a fella because there's no e on the end so apologies pascal well i can't argue with what you say there the question of dexter surviving the storm itself is uh is, is a big one i mean the, the sea was was pretty calm to say there was a hurricane mere meters away <laughs> Um, and, and we saw the, these terrible storm clouds coming in and we saw the wind at different times and that sea should have been a, 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 a frothing maelstrom. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was almost fairy tale like wasn't it, when he dropped, extra, uh, dropped Deb into the sea and then sailed off. Not realistic at all. So, yeah, big neg negative point there. Can't let them off for that. And you raise and go into some detail there about the CCTV, not just of the hospital, where surely it would have been recorded with Dexter walking out of the hospital carrying Deb. I mean, the writers tried to say, oh, well, um, he was able to do that because the hospital was in such a, 
um, a panic getting ready for the hurricane um, that nobody noticed. It's like, yeah, really? Really? <laughs> Do you think we're stupid? So big negative there. And, and you're right to point out the CTTV at the, at the airport. And there would be an investigation. A child's disappeared for no good reason. And and Dexter, uh, a police officer, yes, they saw the boat washed up and they, on its own, they might have thought, yeah, Dexter's been caught on the water and, and drowned. Would they have thought Harrison was on the boat with him? Maybe. That's a possibility, although Harrison's not mentioned at the end there. But Deb's disappearance, where's her body gone? There'd be an investigation there, wouldn't there? Not to mention the fact that she was alive. All right, she was on life support, but she was alive. She wasn't dead. It's not like her body's gone missing from the morgue. Uh, and then there's this CCTV of, you know, that of Dexter carrying his sister out. I mean, that, that would be a massive story. And who knows? Who knows? I mean, the writers might turn around and say this. Who's to say what stories were, were um, ended up in the papers uh, down the road? But there was no hint of that at the time. In that last season we saw, that, sorry, that last episode we saw with um, Batista and Quinn in, in, the, uh, uh, in Miami Metro. But you're also right that there'd be pictures of faces on TV. Wouldn't, if they had put it together with Harrison and Hannah, if Dexter's face would be everywhere, wouldn't it? It would be in the papers, on the TV, it would be a big story. And someone would surely recognise him. All right, he had a beard, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're right, and I can't argue with you with your points there. Thanks, Pascal. Steph Babin wrote with a follow-up, and she writes, I want to send another email now. I've had some time to let everything sink in. I think there's a handful of people in existence that think the finale was a fitting one. I had hoped that hearing some positive points of view would help me see the light. They haven't. I'm still every bit as jaded today. It was a disappointing ending to a disappointing season. I just cannot wrap my brain around what went on in the writer's room. I've said before that the final season should have been about Batista and the other long-term cast members slowly putting the pieces together. This could have led to Dexter ending up in situations where he would have to make difficult decisions in order not to get caught. They could have had an epic season with the current long-term characters. On a positive note, I absolutely loved Michael C. Hall's acting during this episode. The death scene with Dexter and Saxon was phenomenal. In an earlier email, I said I love the interaction between Dexter, Quinn and Batista. The scenes with Deb and Dex really brought an emotional, ele emotional element to the finale. I loved it. But ultimately, I think the final ending was a big fat cop-out. As much as it would have killed me to see him live happily ever after with Harrison and Hannah, or to see him convicted of his crimes, that kind of concrete ending would have been more satisfactory. I feel like fans... Most fans actually enjoyed the finale, up to the tacked-on segment at the end. Dexter driving his boat into the storm was poetic in a way. However, any emotions we were feeling were killed when our attention was diverted into the woods, and I said out loud, what am I looking at right now? Dexter as a show has not earned this kind of ambiguous ending because the season as a whole wasn't good enough to justify it. I've seen two articles today from the writers explaining the final season and justifying the finale. When asked what Dexter is thinking in that final moment at the table, Scott Buck says, We wanted to leave it all in the viewer's head. I don't know what he's thinking in that moment. What kind of writer doesn't know what he's going through his very own character's mind during the final moment of his series? Another brilliant takeaway from Scott Buck regarding Dexter's survival during the hurricane. He knows exactly what he's doing there. He's putting his boat in the path of the hurricane, which will then allow him to escape in this way. It is mentioned in an earlier episode that he does have an emergency life raft aboard that boat, and you can look back and see he had a plan. He just didn't know what it was. Well, that's clear, isn't it? The rest of that interview is pretty priceless as well. He addresses Hannah's lack of a disguise. So this is who had our show in his hands the past four years. No wonder. This is a case study of what happens when fantastic actors are given sloppy material. All I can say is that when Buck and Colleton have to proactively justify so much to their fan base, it goes to show it wasn't well done in the first place. I can only imagine the backlash will continue. A spin-off? I know I won't be watching. Thanks again, Steph. I'm not so sure... Well, maybe you've read different reviews to me, but it's widely regarded now that two or three months have passed that the final season of Dexter was a damp squib and... 
the finale itself was largely a letdown and an anticlimax to what was once a terrific show. You're right, though, to say that when writers and producers have to justify how they ended a show, the conclusion wasn't a success. I mean, you don't find Vince Gilligan justifying and making excuses for, for how Breaking Bad ending ended. No spoilers, but it's been one of the most critically lauded final seasons of any show and well-deserving of, of all its plaudits. Um, a terrific conclusion to a superb series, and I, I, I do honestly think that Breaking Bad is possibly my favourite show of all time. Possibly. Definitely up there. Jason Reynolds writes, So I was right about Deb dying and Dexter having to deal with the pain of it. I've never been sadder to be right. I'm very torn on the ending. My initial feeling is that I don't like the ending at all. It felt like they were more concerned with not being predictable than anything else. I read an interview where they said that Dexter being caught would have been predictable and would have been a rehash of earlier seasons. They felt like Dexter couldn't have a happy ending. I understand that, though I don't agree. They wanted Dexter to finally have become fully human, only to have everything yanked out from under him. I understand where they were going with that, though again I don't agree that it was absolutely necessary. What really bothers me is that they said one thing but did another. The writers said in a post-finale interview that they felt like Dexter needed to kill Deb and punish himself with self-imposed exile as a result. They kept saying that straddling both worlds was impossible and it would lead to ruin, but ended up saying the exact opposite in their ending. Deb died because Dexter decided to stop straddling both worlds and gave up being a killer. If he had stuck to straddling both worlds, he would have killed Saxon, Deb would have lived and everyone would have had a happy ending. The easy response is that if he had accepted... Oscar's truce, I think you mean Oliver, <laughs> Oliver's truce, Deb would have been fine. The problem with that is his actions were not to let Sa were not to get Saxon on his table. He sent out the videos to let the authorities catch him. Again, not really straddling two worlds. Bit of a mixed message. It also doesn't help that, unlike Walter White, Dexter's actions were more easy to justify as a good thing. While many people felt that Dexter needed to be punished, I don't think he did at all. He never chose to be a serial killer. It was forced on him by his mother's death. Harry could have helped him, like Dr Vogel attempted to help Daniel by putting him in a hospital. Instead, he taught him a code to channel his impulses in a positive way that benefited society. Harry was the one responsible for any innocents Dexter killed because he told him that the most important thing was to not get caught. Dexter followed what he was taught. As the audience, we're hypocrites. We enjoy watching him do what we can't, but we feel guilty about that, so we want him to be punished for it. The problem, with, the problem is the American justice system doesn't vet its kills anywhere close to as thoroughly as Dexter usually does, which is why so many innocent people get freed from death row. We want justice for him, but he has a better track record of getting justice right than we do. Morally, Dexter has us beat. As such, I would have felt more satisfied if they'd actually gone for the happy ending. It would have been a ballsier, more unexpected ending. He gave up the monster. There was way too much sloppy writing focused on useless subplots for characters this season that we didn't care about. I imagine, imagine if the focus of the season had been the brain surgeon picking off the people around Dexter we know and love and setting him up to look like the real killer, like what Saxon did to Zack, but to Dexter instead. That would have added tension to the final season while also simultaneously addressing his destructive influence on those around him. And then to send Harrison off with Hannah. She never bonded with Harrison because she wanted to be a mummy. She bonded with him because she loved Dexter. Now that Dexter's dead, he's just a liability to her. Then there are the plethora of ridiculous coincidences for plot convenience. In the midst of worrying about Deb and mourning her stroke, Quinn and Batista took time out to lie in wait for Oliver, as if they knew he was coming. Awfully convenient that he knew which hospital she was at and what room he would be in. she would be in. And why was Saxon even coming? Originally, he wanted to reach out to his mum. When she chose Dexter over him, he killed her, and now he just wants to stalk Dexter and kill his loved ones? He's willing to walk into hospital and risk getting caught to go after Deb? He shot her pretty well. Why not try and chase after Hannah and Treadmill? <laughs> what was he hoping to achieve other than fulfilling a plot contrivance? It wasn't like he was eliminating a witness against him. His cover was already blown. By doing so, he puts himself in certain risk for absolutely no good reason. You're right, actually. 
there, Jason. He, he could have just chosen to walk away. It was almost like sour grapes, and maybe that was a psychopath coming through. But surely he should have had some sense of self-preservation. Maybe he felt like the net was going to close in and his freedom was... His liberty was... Um, or his time as a free man was, was running out very quickly. So he thought he'd get one back at Dexter before he got caught. Jason goes on, uh, and why did Dexter have to sacrifice himself for the good of others by riding off into the distance? Stupid plot points aside, there was absolutely no tension in anything that happened at all. Elway was more of a bad joke than a viable threat. The US Marshal was even worse. His main reason for existing was to be stupid enough to let a wanted fugitive off the table when he had absolutely no reason to do so. Deb's death had been telegraphed for a few episodes, so when they showed her brain dead it didn't seem to matter. Saxon's death was rather anticlimactic too. I could go on, but you get the point. I guess in hindsight there was really no good way to end the series. I've heard the original showrunner, Clyde Phillips, his synopsis of the preferred ending. But I honestly don't like that ending either. Maybe they could have pulled a Roseanne and made everything after season four only happen in his imagination to get over his grief at letting Trinity kill Rita. So, putting it all together, I'm definitely not satisfied with the ending. I could never see myself re-watching season eight, as there were really no memorable scenes that I would want to revisit. I was shocked to hear that there definitely wouldn't be a spin-off about Miami Metro, but they seem willing to have a spin-off with Dexter himself. I can't help wondering if that's the writer's actual idea or Showtime trying to preserve the Golden Goose. Luckily, I don't think that will happen, as I think Michael C. Hall wants to put Dexter behind him. I have a feeling Scott Buck's recent two-year contract with Showtime will be cancelled within a year, once Showtime realises he's the Emperor with no clothes. I have some good memories of Dexter, and some bad ones. I look forward to your rewatch episodes, and I'm really curious how the finale will affect your rewatch of older episodes. If there is a silver lining to the way the series ended that I'm missing, you were the one person I believe could actually find it. Thanks very much. That was quite an epic email, and I hope you guys have stuck with me. <laughs> good stuff. And as I'm reading your email, I'm thinking, yeah, that's a good point, good point. Um, it sounds like you were more down on the way the show ended than I was. A lot more critical. Uh, it, it, it's apparent that I was more affected emotionally by certain elements of the finale than you were. You know, and hey, we're all individuals, so you know, no harm in that. My thoughts on, well, whether you ask about whether there's a silver lining to this. And I think I'm going to save that until the end of the of part two of the finale podcast, because I'm going to sort of summarise how I feel about the series as a whole now, especially now some time has passed since the finale. So stay tuned to the end of <laughs> the part two podcast and um, I'll get to that. Now, obviously, the trend throughout this podcast today has been pretty much negative. Um, but I'm happy to say some of you have been quite positive. And we'll end now with, or end this first half of the feedback, with a voicemail from Ian Sedgwick from Bristol here in the UK, who uh, called in with this. Hi, Gareth. Ian from Bristol providing feedback on Dexter Series 8, Episode 12, The Finale. Unfortunately, I couldn't join your live recording session, therefore I apologise if I cover lots of points you've already gone over. So, it's over. We've seen how the writers wanted to end the show, and it was... Excellent! Now, I've read some online reviews, but haven't listened to your Meg review yet. I've not found anyone else who seemed to like it, so I'm currently feeling like a lone voice. Um, I've moaned quite a lot this season about the quality of writing and the pacing of the final storyline, and that still holds very true. But as an individual episode, I feel that the last one was up there with the very best, not just of Dexter, but of any TV drama. Um, there was a real feeling of tension throughout, the dialogue was great, the camera work was a cut above the normal, and there was a real emotional connection with the characters. It's a real pity that the rest of the season has not been produced at this standard. This episode did something that's not really happened all season. It felt like a Dexter Series 1 episode. I can't pin my finger on why, but this just seems special from start to finish. Dexter seemed to be back to the old clever Dexter, see how he gets rid of Elway at the airport. Hannah starts to show the independent ability to stay out of trouble, again, see how she gets rid of Elway on the coach. The Miami Metro department seemed to be more human, with real emotions and reactions, and they even get some half-decent dialogue. 
There were a few silly moments and points I could nitpick, but I'm willing to ignore them because the rest of the episode was just so satisfying. Perhaps that's why the rest of the season has been been so so poor. Um, the basic storyline has been not very good, and that's allowed us to focus on the nitpicks. Anyway, it was good to see Dexter cleverly and publicly killing Daniel, ensuring the camera had a good view, then inciting Daniel to attack him so he could kill Daniel and claim self-defence. Batista seemed confused as if he couldn't believe what Dexter had done, but I was interested in Quinn's reaction. I feel that Quinn knew and approved what Dexter had done to Daniel. At that point, did Quinn think about what the drunken Debs had blurted out to him concerning Dexter earlier in the season? I like to think that Quinn started to realise that there was more to Dexter than just being the blood guy. Um, Last week, I was expecting Debs to survive the gunshot, so it was interesting to see the way they handled her relapse. The actual event happened off screen, so it became all about the reaction of Dexter to the news. It was fitting and right that Dexter should be the one that finally kills Debs by removing all the life support equipment. It's interesting how Dexter then reacts by treating her like one of his usual victims and buries her at sea. At this point, it's very clear that Dexter feels 100% responsible for Debs' death. This all came to an emotional high point as Debs' body slips under the waves, like some pre-Rapalite heroine. Um, The whole scene is slightly unsettling, due to the constant camera movement from the boat bobbing on the waves, and ethereal feeling from the lighting effects from the oncoming storm and the white hospital shroud that Debs is wearing. Whilst Dexter was on the boat, he makes the phone call to Hannah and Harrison. The final conversation with Harrison as Dexter says, I just wanted to tell you one last time I love you. It sounded so final. Then Dexter says, I want you to remember that every single day until I see you again, opening up the possibility that Dexter will join them in Argentina. A very unsettling moment and a reminder that there's still eight minutes or so of the episode left and anything can happen. Is it going to be happy or is it going to be a sad ending? To set up the final act, there's a nice voiceover from Dexter where he realises that he destroys everyone that he loves and he has to protect them from, from himself. Then Dexter points a slice of life into the storm and disappears. So, we eventually find Hannah and Harrison at the cafe in Argentina. Is this when Dexter shows up and we get the happy ending? No. Hannah believes that Dexter's dead, just a single tear, and then she's faced with having to break the news to Harrison. What does she say? How does she say it? Another great scene, saying so much yet with so little dialogue. The banality of going for an ice cream, covering up the tragedy of the situation. Then, fade to black, and an unhappy ending. Then, we cut to the logging camp, and the driver gets out of the cab. Can it be? Is that Dexter? Holy fuck, it's Dexter with a beard. He's alive. We're going to have a happy ending after all. Then, he sits down at the table, and looks directly into the camera. His eyes look cold and empty. At this point, we know he's not going to Argentina. He's not going to risk hurting the people he loves, and fade to black. I've been critical of this season over the last few weeks. It's been badly written, and I found myself not caring about the characters. Then out of nowhere, we get this episode. I've waited a few days before doing this review, as I needed time for the episode to sink in. I think it's possibly one of my favourite episodes of Dexter ever. I found that I cared about all the characters again. The end storyline made sense to me, and it was a clever finale because it leaves the ending open. If you're an optimist, you can believe that Dexter eventually travels to Argentina. If you're a pessimist, you can believe that Dexter just disappears and is never seen again. Finally, I hope that the spoiler picture that some idiot sent you didn't spoil the ending for you. I make a point of staying away from spoilers for every TV series I watch, and I love the emotional rollercoaster of this final episode. As always, thanks for the podcast, Gareth. Thanks, Ian. As you know, I didn't have the same positive view of the episode as you did, but I'm not going to make any counter-arguments to what you've said, because after a tough season, it's really great that you had a good experience at the end. I just wish I could have felt the same way, but I'm definitely not going to rain on your parade, and I'm, I'm... very pleased that um, you came away satisfied by the finale, even if the season in general was fairly mediocre. Okay, so thanks everybody whose emails and, and the voicemail that I've covered today. As I say, I'm splitting, due to time constraints, splitting the feedback across two podcasts. The second part will be coming after Christmas. So I'm going to leave it there for now uh, and just say thanks very much for your patience through this um, unintentional hiatus. So uh, as this is the festive season, I shall sign off by saying thank you very much for your support. Thank you very much for your you guys having my back 
through um, the ups and downs of this final season and particularly through those um, spoilers. So I'll say, yeah, thanks very much for your support, as always. And I wish you all every happiness and joy of this coming festive season and a very peaceful and prosperous new year. And with that, I'll say, until we dissect some more Dexter in 2014, and the Rewatch podcast will be coming back, I promise. (laughs) Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Happy Christmas.